Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the stuff that can kill you. Like being run over by a bulldozer or a stampede of hippos or your car being on fire. And the stuff that just makes you wish you were dead. Like not realizing when the party's over or vaping or... Dude, where's my car? (laughs) (laughs) It'll all make sense, I promise. I can't wait to get to that. So let's play the theme music so we can hurry and get there. Let's do it. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle. I'm Christine. Christine, how are you? I am good. I just ate two Twix. So you Fun d- size. just told Garen and I something incredibly disturbing. Yes, my children do not like Twix. I don't even... I can't comprehend what is the part they don't like. The deliciousness, the crunchiness, the... The what? The fact that it's Twix, it sounds like twins. They should like all of this. I am also befuddled. This is new information to me. I think they're going into a realm of enjoying candies like toxic waste. What's and that? Tox- that? toxic waste is the candy that is similar to the. Okay, I don't know the name of the other candy to compare it to. It's like it's really um, tart in your mouth, so tart you Sour. can't handle. Yeah. yeah, there's like three different candies. One is toxic waste. There's two others, and one is like zapped or something. It looks it has a Z in it. We had candy like this when we were kids. Yeah. It's the kind that you're like, it. it's it's got Scott. <laughs> we don't like it anymore. No. We loved it when we were right. kids yeah. because it was Will, really Willie, cute. Willie Ames, yeah. And we didn't know its political leanings. Yeah. But then we got older right. and realized it was actually an insane kind of candy. No, I've never liked, well, first of all, this is just me and I know I'm on the outside. I don't really enjoy candy that doesn't involve chocolate. I've, when you were a kid, did you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I like a butterscotch, like a hard butterscotch. <laughs> You're 72. Yes. I know that it's associated with old people, but yeah. I don't know why. It's delicious. I, Alex loves Werther's Originals. Oh, and I just Werther's Originals. Put her in a little cardigan and pipe. I know. Give her a I pipe. love Werther's Originals. Oh, they're so good. They're no. so good. Thank you to the no. butterscotch. Pass. Well, well Werther's are like uh, coffee. Aren't they like caramel? Anyway, yes. whatever. Yes. I don't I don't enjoy a dot or a pixie. What or about a fun dip where you take this? When I was a kid, shock. sure. Yeah, that's that what I'm fun. saying. When you're yeah. a kid, yeah. weird but, but candy I don't, is. I don't like the sour. I don't. I know that kids like things. Kids that love are, the sour. Yeah, I don't It's get big it. now. Sour gummies. I know. They're the worms and then they're they're sweet, but then you got to get through the sour first. Yeah. That's a big thing right now in the kids' world of candy. <laughs> I know. I'm not into candy that causes pain. I'm you like where's the joy i don't know i don't even, i don't even but i don't understand spicy food for that reason i don't mm-hmm. like food that oh well that, that really caught me well that's not supposed to be part of eating the pain yes yeah i i, I used to like it in my 20s and now i think it's a it must be an aging thing i don't want to have discomfort while i'm eating no. because you know why i think so much discomfort the, anyway life is now yeah. full of so much discomfort life is spicy food life is spicy right. food what did they dress up as i want to know all right benjamin was green screen man green screen man is yeah that just the guy in the green outfit he just wore have you heard of morph suits no. So there, there's these new suits that are very tight and they zip over your head yeah. too, but you can see through them. Yeah, I even didn't, though you can't have, you don't have eyes. Yeah, I didn't know they were called morph. That suits. might just be the brand. They've been around for many years, by the way. This might be the classic. I don't know. The green screen. Yeah, the green. So he wore the green one. He wore the green one. He was supposed to be a character from Fortnite. So of course, I'd already gotten him a suit jacket and some fancy tie and a white shirt and some mask and some. Uh, 
you might know this because you watch you watch Fortnite. I watch Fortnite. Yeah, I watch All every seasons. night at six o'clock yeah. on WGN. <laughs> um, the character who wears a suit and Is that Agent, Agent Jonesy. You, yeah, probably Agent Jonesy. <laughs> and underneath his suit, he has a morph, like a sort of a black morph suit. But Benji was like, "Get me the green one in case I decide to be Green Screen Man too." And he holds a... Um, oh, Green Screen Man is also a character from... No, this is no. Benjamin's creation. Oh, okay. He said, everything to all people is Green Screen Man. It's oh. whatever you want to project onto him. Okay. So it's it goes deep. It also... I don't know if he got... If any... Like, uh, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia fans saw him last night. But Somebody also, referenced that. Yeah, because it's also a thing and... Uh, we did see someone a couple of years ago, and Oliver was like, "That's that's the always setting thing." That's what uh, our our his buddy's mom was like. Oh, is this from It's Always yeah. Sunny? And I was like, oh, I haven't watched that no, show yet. No, I don't yet. let my ten year old watch It's Always. Sunny. I'm gonna wait until they're a little older, and we'll yeah. watch it together. I mean, you know, they've watched a lot of other inappropriate stuff. It's so. really inappropriate. Okay, we'll wait a couple years <laughs> yeah, on that one. Yeah. Um, and Alex was a hip fairy. Okay. I don't know what that means. All I know is I had to sew her dress, which meant I had to get my sewing machine out that I haven't used in two years. Oh, when I decided I was going to make some masks for the pandemic. Remember when people made masks? Yes, yes, yes. yes, I made one. Yeah. Uh, It was so badly made it could only fit her American (laughs) Girl doll. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, I made one mask and that was so hard. I'll never do it again. Well, I mean, the American girl dolls are girls. They were probably too young to get the vaccine. So it was appropriate that they be masked up. Oh, they weren't letting any American girl no. dolls get the vaccine. I don't no. think they still are. No, the, the American girl dolls don't really believe in the vaccine. Oh, right? they're, you know what? They're very anti-vax. But since this was a copy, the Target version. Oh, oh right, 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 right. I'm saying American girl, but let me tell you something. I know. We were not springing. It's American with a K. Yes, we were not yeah. springing for the actual American girl doll. Yeah. I was like, let's see how interested you are in these actual <laughs> dolls before. You get the Target version. You U.S. Show- lady. Yeah. U.S. lady. <laughs> U.S. lady. <laughs> you can have the $35 one. And then if you show real commitment and passion, we'll think about that. How the, much are they? I think they're like $300. No. For one doll? Yeah, it's a whole commitment. And then you're in the cult and you have to go to I the parties. Know, and I know, I know. She wasn't that passionate, it Okay, well, out. that's good. So she was a hip fairy. Did that go over well? She, yeah. Good. It was. They it was, trick-or-treated in your neighborhood? or They did t- two areas. Okay. Uh, Benji got, I think, about five pounds of candy. Whoa. You know, a lot of people now, they don't stand outside anymore. They just put the bucket out and they yeah. close the door because yeah. COVID gave them that option. And they were right. like, we're never going back. Or they've left. They're not home because they're taking their kids to go training. That too. So that, yeah. And a lot of people now give out full-size bars. I know. Jimmy has told me about this and he's I'm very like, upset about it. Is it, it going to be toys next year? Like, I know. We don't have to do this. Tell us about uh, Oliver's costume, please. Well, so Oliver does this thing where he doesn't really want to wear a costume to school because he's going to be embarrassed if other people aren't. But he obviously part of him wants to participate. Okay. So he picks something where it doesn't really look like a costume. Yeah. He can say it's just his regular clothes. (laughs) Unless you ask. Right. In case. So last year he was Harrison Ford from um, The Fugitive. So it was like a sweatshirt and a jacket. That's great. So, and no one knew. Yeah. So this year he was like, well, I have to pick someone who wears glasses. So then he got the idea... (laughs) I think Aaron already knows this. He decided to be a character from the movie, say it with me, uh, The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. <laughs> I don't think I've ever um, seen this. No. I, I already saw the picture I, I, on oh, social media. Okay. But in case our audience doesn't know, yeah, they I can had, go, look, it's amazing. I hadn't seen it until like a month ago. We, none of us had seen it until like a month ago. And it's it's a really great movie. It's a heist movie, but it takes place on a subway. And is it in the, from the 70s? Yes. And I then lo- they remade it with Denzel Washington. I love a 70s heist movie. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's and who's Walter the, Matthau. Is he playing Walter Matthau? No, he's playing Martin Balsam, who... You would recognize. Oh, is he related to Talia Balsam? It turns out, yes. I didn't realize that, but I think he is her father. I mean, it's such an uncommon name. It feels like, how can you have two Balsam? But I didn't really Balsams? know. I don't know who Talia Balsam is, except I guess she was married to George Clooney. Some I think she's married to John Slattery. Whoa. She was an actress, right? She's an actress. I could be getting this way wrong right now. No, but now. she is. I know the name. I just didn't. Anyway, Martin Balsam is a character actor. He was in... Uh, he was in this. He was in 12 Angry Men. I know him from a couple of Twilight Zones. That's how, okay. where I recognize him yes. from. But um, you'd probably recognize him. Anyway, 
He had a green hat. Like in the movie, they're Mr. Green, Mr. Which I guess that maybe that's where Tarantino got it from. They're Mr. Green, Mr. Black, Mr. Pink. Like, okay. Because they're code names. Because they're the robbers or the okay. guys holding the people hostage. What's the Tarantino reference? Oh, I'm sorry. In Reservoir Dogs, it's like okay. Mr. Pink, Mr. White. Okay. Um. So yeah. So he was, but he did have a mustache on his mask. <laughs> That's really funny. And then it came off like I told him it would. I told him to draw it directly on yeah. the mask, but he wouldn't listen to me. Um, so, yeah. So he was, um, you know, and then one kid said, what are you? And he said, I'm from Taking of Palm, one, two, three. And then the kid and, was like, I love that movie. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> the kid goes, I saw that movie and I don't know what the hell you are. Really? And he said, did you see the one with Denzel Washington? And he said, yeah. Oh. And I was like, that's not the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, your film teacher's not going to know this movie. <laughs> like, Oliver should be teaching the film class. Well, honestly, he should be because his teacher doesn't know how to pronounce noir. Nuh-uh. Mm. I just said nuh-uh. But that's... I'm not kidding. That's upsetting to me. The whole thing is a little bit upsetting. Wait, how does he say it? She says it noiry. No, she doesn't. Nori. 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 No, she does. Oh. Where is she getting that E from? Well, there isn't you an know what, E. No, there isn't an E. Um, I, I don't know. There is a teacher. You know what? There is a teacher shortage right now in defense she, of teachers. She very much enjoys teaching this class, but yeah. it's not like she knows anything about She's film. not like, I'm a film buff, and right. all I've ever wanted to do is I mean, teach. She, she's showing them good movies. It's not like she's just showing them blockbusters or something. Right. Like they started. It's all Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, we're going to start, first we're going to start with Batman 66, and then we're going to work our way up. No, but she, they did start with um, silent films, and, yeah. you know, they, so, so it's good, it's just, yeah, he probably knows more than oh, she does. He's so. just got his head in his hands. Yeah, it's a little, I, he, he doesn't mind her being, like, I find it more aggravating than he does, but he is the one who told me she doesn't pronounce, I He has more tolerance for adults, still. But it would be funny if he took her aside and was like, listen. Well, she admitted the other day that she didn't know how to pronounce it. Okay. But I said, well, did you tell her? That's an easy fix. And he said, no, because I don't think he doesn't want to embarrass her. So, But you know what else? It's very easy to, to learn how to I pronounce know. things because the actual computer, which I most know. of us have, will do it for you. I know. I've done that for this show when I don't know how to pronounce certain medical terms. And then I'll still get here and say them wrong because I've forgotten by the time I'm saying the words out loud. You just push that button next to the word uh, when you look up the word. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And then it it's, and it says it out loud. Well, before we get to today's topic, I think I just want to tell you that I finished, uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but I finished um, uh, The Watcher and I thought I was done seeing white sweaters and then Chris <laughs> came in today with a white sweater. <laughs> I, how does one person own that many white sweaters that many different that white much sweaters. that much beige that beige much cashmere white. but it was like the costume person was like i've got it they're all gonna wear white beige and gray i think it's intentional well of course it's intentional i mean it's so obviously yes. intentional but i don't know why and it's just like anyway the whole show was incredibly infuriating did but, you feel like it was a waste of your yes. time do you wish you had that time back yes i apologize i didn't feel like it was a waste of my time because i Make fun of it. Like, I enjoyed making fun of all those things that were infuriating. So it was fun for me to to watch it. Yeah, it was okay. I'm not mad about it. It's not like that. It's just... You can have a a talking to with me after the show. No, 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 no. Oh, wait. Sorry, yes. No, I'm not done. Yeah, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not done with the watcher. I have two things to say. Okay. A, I do think... I I did really like Naomi Watts' boots. (laughs) I enjoyed that. I think that... I didn't like the way she paired them with things. I did. I mm-hmm. liked that. I'm not going to do it, but I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I think it brought an edge to her look. I also enjoyed that I got to see a norm... Well, you, look, she's. I'm sure she still spends a lot of time and money on skincare, but I appreciated that I got to see a woman yeah. in her 50s face that is... Showing yes, signs she, of aging, yeah. yet very beautiful. Yeah, she didn't. She's she, not, does, she hasn't done anything yet, she said. And you can tell she hasn't doesn't, done anything She yet. doesn't look freakish. Secondly, first episode of White Lotus, Chef's Kiss. As far I as watched I'm concerned, it. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, are you so? Okay, I'm not quite into it yet. I mean, I really liked the first season. Did you watch it? I forget. Yeah. And I haven't watched you, the new one yet. I watched it's just the original. one episode so far. Um, yeah, I mean. It's okay. I, I, I'm not like in love with it yet. Danielle, <laughs> you you have to love it, or <laughs> I, I'm hoping I know what we're to. Do. I'm hoping to love it. Can I tell you why? Aubrey, the character of Aubrey Plaza, Sven and I just keep thinking that like 
that's me. Yeah, it's a little you. That I'm too that much that. I'm that person no, who... No, you're not that hard. No, I, but it's like an exaggerated version. There is a funny line where she goes, honey, they don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> and then her husband just goes, yeah. That was funny. I thought that was a very funny exchange. The way she said it and the way he responded. Um, anyway, sorry. But yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm totally excited. It was my big... It was my big... Uh, was it your reward s- yesterday for dealing with my parents all morning. I Aww. went home and watched that. Yeah. No, it's okay. Everything's fine. I mean, you know. Anyway. Um, okay. So are you ready to talk about our topic? Yeah. I'm, I'm on pins and needles okay. over here. Today we're talking about how to survive a car on fire. Ooh. That sounds scary. I've seen a full car, a yeah. full car, an entire car engulfed in flames. Yeah, like on the side of the road. Yeah, or, but yeah. the entire car. Yeah, it's scary, right? Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> and then did you walk away in slow motion from it? Yeah. Okay. And are you, and did you throw the match yeah. away? Okay. It's in my pocket. Yeah, all right. Good. Okay, how to survive a car on fire. First, I'm going to address a myth. Oh, please. While it is technically possible, the truth of the matter is that car explosions are exceedingly rare. Mm. Cars can, however, catch on fire. We see, we see that in the movies a lot. Yeah, it's, so it all started with um, the, the Ford Pinto, I guess, was famous for exploding. <laughs> and oh. um, I actually didn't look it up. I mean, I've heard about, I've heard jokes. I remember my parents making jokes about the Ford Pinto, but I didn't, I didn't look it up. But, um, but, sorry, I'm getting a little distracted by myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yes, they in general don't blow up. They do catch fire though. Okay. Okay. Um, Mechanical failures, malfunctions, collisions, and rollovers are all things that can cause a car to catch fire. There are some common signs that your car is going to catch fire. Let's hear them. Including sparks, leaking oil, fuel, or other flammable liquids, dysfunctional electrical system, smoke from the engine, and overheating exhaust slash engine systems. First there's smoke, then there's fire. That's right. According to the National Fire Protection Association, there are 212,500 vehicle fires in 2018. That's a lot. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Which sounds scary, but this number has actually gone down over time. For reference, in 1980, there were approximately 456,000 vehicle fires. <sighs> a lot of Pintos on the road back then. Yes, which means the number of fires and vehicles dropped by more than half over the last 40 years. What causes a car to catch fire? You might I'd, ask. Yeah, I, I am about to ask. The most common reason a car might catch on fire is mechanical failure or malfunction or an electrical failure or malfunction. Cars can also catch fire during a collision, rollover, or due to a Uh, purposeful action like arson. Oh, yeah. Don't rule out arson. Don't rule out the psychopaths. Accidental vehicle fires are more common in large trucks and buses than smaller passenger vehicles and are much more likely to occur on on highways than other locations. If you notice any of the signs that I talked about, the smoke, the leaking oil, the sparks. You're rolling over. The, you the, notice you're rolling over inside of a car. Rolling over. <laughs> and you're your, in a bus. Your nose is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the person next to you is batting out flames on their arms. Yeah. Somebody um, that has a match and they look like a bad person. Yeah. They just threw it into your car. You should immediately pull over, turn off your vehicle, get everyone out of the car and call mm-hmm. for help. If there isn't an active fire, you might be able to call roadside assistance to have your car towed for repairs. Okay. But if you see smoke or fire, you'll want to call 911 right away. Getting back to the exploding thing, I'm going to revisit that for one second. Please. The lithium-ion batteries in electric vehicles can explode in very specific circumstances, but this is not common. Lithium-ion batteries are used in almost every portable electric device, from electric cars and airplanes to laptops and cell phones. Oh, yeah. Remember when those cell yes, phones? that's were, right. There were the, the cell phones that were exploding, and you it was a certain brand, and you couldn't yes. take them on airplanes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, whatever happened? Um, I want to say that it's like a five-letter word, the, the name of the brand. I can't remember now. I can't either. And they... I'm sure Garen will find they it. They had to recall them, I think. Yeah, they, they were just blowing up. Yeah. Almost everyone in the country uses multiple devices with lithium-ion batteries every day and is in no danger of an explosion. So don't think you're special just because you use a lithium-ion battery. No, everyone I wouldn't uses even... them. Yeah, it doesn't make me stand out. You with your white sweater and your lithium-ion battery. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I think I'm on The Watcher or something. Right. 
However, when lithium-ion batteries are exposed to extreme heat or have a manufacturing defect, the possibility exists the battery could explode. If your electric car catches fire and the battery is exposed to that heat, it increases the likelihood of explosion. Okay. This sounds, can I just say, we've got this situation happening in California, right? In 2035, no more gas cars are going to be produced. Right. And you can still have one, but you can't buy a new one. So we've But got, you could buy one from another state and bring it here? Sure, you can get around but the you, rules. But they're going to... couldn't register it in California, maybe. Uh those are things I don't know. Okay, the I'm just to. thinking out loud. Right. Yeah, I love okay. it. That's that's what this podcast is. It's called Just Thinking Out Loud. Okay. So we're going to have all these cars with the lithium batteries. It's great, you know, for pollution yeah. and a lot of other reasons. But we also have really, um, we also have intense heat here. Yes. I mean, are we going to just have cars exploding well, left I'm and gonna right? Well, I'm going to get that too. I'm going to get oh, that. Oh, you are going to get to that. A little bit. No, not I me. Mean, not exactly. You're going to answer my question is what you're saying. Not exactly. Yeah, you're gonna I, may, I just may leave you with more questions. <laughs> that's I okay. That's what my, my, method, my methodology is today. Okay. Now, will your car blow up if you're pumping gas? Oh. Gas stations often have signs posted explaining that customers should not leave their vehicle running while pumping gas, smoke cigarettes while pumping gas, Garen, and get into or out of their car while they're pumping gas. Oh, I've never seen that sign. I know. I read that and I was like, did I read that wrong? I know. It doesn't make any sense. I do that all the time. Yeah. Cleaning out the car while I pump gas. Yeah, I gotta, you always, you know, manage my time as best I can. I can't just stand around willy-nilly looking at the ads. Right. Why, I'm going to wash the Besides, windshield. Your cigarettes are in the car. Yeah, exactly. Why do they have these signs? Because of the gas vapor that is present while fueling your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Gasoline itself isn't flammable. It is combustible. That means that in liquid form, mm-hmm. gasoline doesn't catch fire. Okay. However, it does, however, turn into vapor very easily. The combustion from this gas vapor is what powers your car. That makes no sense to me, but I believe you. I, yeah. Like, I my brain I, is I, not I, able to process what you were saying. I think it just, it doesn't really matter. Okay. But it still could catch on fire. It's just that if there was something to prevent it from vaporizing, it wouldn't catch on fire. But it does vaporize, so. It will. Because gasoline turns into vapor so easily, a single spark is all it takes to cause an explosion. This could come from an obvious source, like a lit cigarette or a running engine. Or it could come from a less obvious source, like static electricity discharging from your finger to the gas pump. Oh, you know what? Danielle, I think I get it. Because a match, you're not going to stick a match in the liquid to to light the fire. The match near the gas is what... I guess. Lights the yeah. match. That's the vapor. Right. Oh, my God. I think I just solved a math problem in my mind. Right. <laughs> but I still think if you put a match to, I guess you can't, there is no gasoline without the vapor, I think. I mean, I think the vapor is going to come off regardless. So I don't know how you would conduct this experiment, how you would take the vapor out of gasoline. Yeah. You'd have to have a va- de-vaporizer. <laughs> Those kids today, they think they're so cool with their de-vaporizers. Yeah, I know. Their cherry flavored de-vaporizers. <laughs> I know. But it's still going to give them cancer i still don't understand if a vape pen is for tobacco and marijuana or are, are they, do t- they separate do they sell them separately for like ones for tobacco ones for like you marijuana? can vape pot right yeah. and you can vape mm-hmm. tobacco yes but it's different implements i think so well i've seen the vape pens that have for for tobacco and it's like liquid Nicotine. Okay. And you have to like refill these cartridges. All right. See, my, my, um, your sneaky husband has them. No, he, oh. his isn't that. It's my in, my like in laws have okay. those. And they're constantly having to refill the cartridges with this liquid nicotine. And then there's ones that aren't. Which ref- do they get from people spitting tobacco juice, right? I think so. Yeah. Then, then they it's recycled. Then they're the sort of little pens for nicotine that you just, throw out like you don't have to refill them they're just sort of like disposable disposable seems good for the environment well let's just all agree that any method is cool it's all very cool as soon as I see somebody vaping I think that "Mm, guy that guy's got it going on that's sexy how do I get into that the more vapor the better big clouds yeah I want to see more people vaping oh wait a second I'm going to answer my own question. This is why they don't want you to get into or out of your vehicle at the gas station. The friction between you and the seat of your car can be enough to build up static charge. Oh, it's your butt. Yeah. Now I don't know if this has ever happened. It's static. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's what your kids should go as for Halloween. That is a good costume. But you have to get out initially. Yes, but you're not getting out while the vapor is Once you've started leaking the process. from the gas. Yeah. Oh, do you think that's why they originally had all the people doing it for you? Like they still do in New Jersey? I don't think that's why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be an interesting question. I think maybe that was just service was part of life. And yeah. that was another job to create. I don't know. Things were so much better back then in all ways. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it would be nice if people knew what the fuck they were doing at certain jobs. Like they used to. So in that sense, I do kind of wish things were like that. And I don't need someone to pump my gas, but I don't. I, not, I know what you're getting at. I don't not need it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had someone pump my gas. I don't think I'm old enough to have had. And I've never driven in New Jersey. My mom does not pump her own gas. I don't know if she's ever pumped her own but gas. How does she? But in Ohio, they have people who pump yeah, your gas. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. So it's, oh, it's, you just have to go to a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. It's not. Oh, like it used to be here in the 70s. Yeah, it's not um, like New Jersey where it's just the only option, but you can go either. And why, why won't she do it herself? For men to do. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it's bizarre. In certain ways, she's very like. Old fashioned or backward. No, I don't know. She just doesn't. Maybe she does now. I don't know. Huh. Okay. While it is certainly possible to do all these things without causing an explosion, the risk is real and it isn't worth the possibility of causing a fire or explosion at the gas station. So turn off your car and put out that cigarette before you start pumping gas. Can cars explode from overheating? While it won't cause an explosion, overheating can absolutely cause your car to catch fire again. More with the catching fire. Yes. If you notice your heat gauge edging up into the red, it is important to have your car checked by a mechanic ASA possible. The intense heat hitting most of the nation is already invoking warnings about power outages and health impacts. But there's also another danger posed to drivers as record temperatures lead to a greater risk of battery failure and degradation, according to engineers. Batteries are like humans. They don't like heat, high heat or low heat. Oh, that's weird. I like low heat. They don't like low heat. What's wrong with the batteries? Does low heat mean low heat sounds nice. A low heat means cold. Oh, is that what they're saying? Yeah, they'd like it in the middle is what they're saying. Like people like people like, like it peoples so why don't they just say cold i don't know I'm, i've never heard low heat that just sounds it's like they're being intentionally ex- unless you're you know bo- broil- boiling something put it on a low heat yeah and uh anyway um <laughs> the best temperature is the one humans are comfortable with while there is little drivers can do to contain their car's temperatures during heat waves um experts who have been studying the advances in car ne- technology Uh, say that manufacturers are hard at work finding new ways to beat the rising heat. Mm. Manufacturers constantly put their batteries to the limit during the testing phase since their vehicles are sold all over the world. Okay. So obviously there are different temperatures in different parts of the world. Yeah, they're working on it. Even though the batteries can withstand extreme benchmarks, uh, there's only so much reliability within the laws of chemistry and engineering. For example, if a car's internal temperature reaches above 45 degrees Celsius or 150 degrees in America. Thank you. The battery is prone to more wear and decreases the life of the cell. Driving in those conditions will also test the limits of the battery. High temperature conditions are problematic because it affects the range. Some of the battery will go will go to keeping the AC Mm -hmm. and that drains the battery. Right, 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 right. Where do you need to go? Where do you need to what, go? What, it's 115 degrees. Maybe you'd better... Well, maybe you live in Palm Springs or... So, because like they said, in parts of the country, Palm Springs, Vegas, Phoenix, temperatures, you know, go above 110 degrees. That's pretty normal. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, you better just stay in. I guess you just stay in, get in your pool. Yeah. Don't drive. Where are you d- driving? Go. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> what if you need your cigarettes oh, and soda? You might need maxi pads. <laughs> It's so dry. It's a dry heat out there. Your 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 period is dry. It's a dry blood. Nobody out there has their period. It's a dry anymore. bleed. Yeah. I don't know why I thought they need max. No. Oh, they need like depends. No, they they don't pee either. Oh, that's, that's it's all true. dry. Everyone's it's all dry. dry. They're just corn husks. It's a dry out there. pee. They, it's a, yeah. You just leave little husks of corn in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's going to give me nightmares tonight. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 
Heat is a bigger issue when it comes to electric vehicles, which rely entirely on the power of the battery. EV batteries and systems have measures in place to prevent them from puckering under extreme temperatures, according to experts. Puckering? I know. It's a weird... Yeah, it's a weird expression. Corey Steuben, the president of the Michigan-based engineering consulting firm Monroe and Associates, told ABC News that many EV manufacturers are using new types of batteries with thermal management. And yes, I did refrain from doing a Monroe from Too Close for Comfort joke. You're welcome. All right. The new batteries, such as ones with cylindrical, prismatic, and pouch form factors, are engineered to keep the heat within the cell from rising too much. There are expensive, complex, very well-controlled machines. Steuben, whose firm has acquired, then taken apart and analyzed parts of several EVs, told ABC News. He noted that EVs also have additional technologies to keep the car cool, particularly Tesla's. The company's models are equipped with data tracking that keeps an eye on the battery's temperature, the ambient temperature, and the temperatures of its charging stations, according to Steuben. The car's alert system has the option to tell a driver when and where to stop to recharge the car to prevent overheating while they're on the road, Steuben said. Imagine if you had a 1980 Ford Bronco with a regular car battery. No one knows what it's going, what's going on in your car and where it goes. Now we have the te- technology to constantly monitor monitor the battery and make changes as you drive big brother is watching you yeah and they'll take away your check mark <laughs> at the same time <laughs> i never had one at the same time steuben said that some manufacturers have implemented new tech to keep batteries cool they give them vape pens oh <laughs> that's the solution right there <laughs> bmw for example has opted to place the battery in the trunk instead of the engine to reduce the heat, he yes, said. Yes, just vape on it. <laughs> Menthol. Vape on it. <laughs> it requires an expensive cable, but it's a better climate-controlled environment, Steuben said of the trunk. It's essentially the same temperature as the cabin. Other methods include cooling systems that pump liquid coolant throughout the engine to keep it from overheating, he said. Um, okay, so this other person said the best solution for motorists is to park their vehicle in the shade or, if possible, in a location with a controlled climate like an indoor garage. For EVs, she recommended owners charge the car during hot days because those chargers and batteries have safeguards to prevent overheating. So why would you want to why charge do you, it on Yeah, hot that days? doesn't track for me. Those chargers and batteries have safeguards. I think we're going to cut that out because I don't understand it. Um, Oh, she acknowledged that the method can lead to bigger problems as it will tax power grids during a high heat event. Yeah, because, you know, you're not supposed to do your laundry or use a dishwasher and all those things on hot days. They say wait till night when the power grid isn't as overloaded. I just power wash my windows when it's 100 degrees. That's, I mean. You know, I don't want my hose to feel like I've abandoned it. So I just water. I just like kill ants with it. You don't want your yeah. You don't want your hose to get depressed. Yeah, it's a self it's a self <laughs> it's a self propagating problem. She said, the higher the temperatures, the more energy we need to use to cool our vehicles, and that energy is lost, and that will heat the environment. That's why it's crucial that we continue to improve the battery technology and the power grid. Are you ready for a very very short story? Oh, I would like them longer, but I I'll know. take I, it. I, I tried. I did. You just talk slow. <laughs> Firefighters. Okay, so this is from this year. June, oh. June 22nd. Okay. 2022. That was very recent. I know. Firefighters worked hard to put out a fire-engulfed Tesla vehicle that self-ignited oh. in a Sacramento wrecking yard yeah. earlier this month. See, all you people want Teslas out there. <laughs> The Sacramento Metropolitan Fire District said the vehicle had had been involved in a wreck three weeks prior Mm -hmm. and had major damage. Did it drive itself into that wreck? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Well, yeah, it's self-driving and self-igniting. According to Cruz, the car kept reigniting due to heat from the battery. Mm -hmm. Working with the on-site wrecking yard personnel, the Tesla was moved on its side to gain access to the battery compartment underneath, said the fire district. Even with direct penetration. Wow. See, those Teslas, you know, he wanted to spell sexy. With You know, there's the Tesla S and the Tesla E and the Tesla X. Because Elon Musk, he's a genius. Wait, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, I wish. I never put that together. Yeah. So. He's 12 years old. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even with direct penetration, the vehicle would still reignite Mm -hmm. due to the residual heat. 
Authorities said firefighters and yard staff eventually dug a pit and filled it with water to stop the vehicle from igniting and catching fire. Wow, that's insane. Just, can you imagine? That's like a Stephen King novel. That is. Go outside of the car, just keeps catching fire. <laughs> that's so fucking weird. That book was predictive history. Christine. Yeah, it's what all Teslas are going to do to us. Oh, my God. Isn't that bananas? That's crazy. Yeah, so... You know, Sven's car caught on fire. No. When he was driving it. What? Yeah, on the freeway. And he he drove it down the exit ramp. And it was, the flames came up (gasps) over the windshield. What? Yeah, the fire department had to come and put the fire out. When we got, he called me. And when me and the kids got there, we could still see the fire department there putting the car out. And I think the kids were maybe like three or four at the time. And then after that, Alex was so afraid to go in cars yeah. because she was thinking like cars would just randomly catch fire. Why did it catch on fire? Something to do with, um, I don't even know. It was old, you know, it was an old car yeah. and I think it overheated. It was one of those things where it got overheated and he was ignoring the temperature gauge for a while. Uh-huh. Like, cause it was like the car was dying basically. Right. And it was time for a new car. And he was like, I'm going to kind of drive this into the ground and then we'll get a new car. Um, and he did. And he did. He drove it into almost a pit that they had to bury it in. I can't believe yeah. that he had to maneuver the car yeah. while... Was he scared? I don't know. Um, he doesn't scare easily. Okay. Um, I would imagine his uh, adrenaline pumped a bit when the f- roof was in flames and came up at him at the windshield. Wait, uh, did it start in the back or the front? The front. So... That is crazy. Yeah. And how was he close to an off ramp? I think he was pretty close to an off ramp. So it wasn't too, too, too bad. He just hopped out of the car, called 911 and. Yeah. Wow. And uh, then took a video of it and sent it to me and was like, can you come? (laughs) (laughs) I may not be able to pick up milk after all. Yeah. I need a ride. That's bananas. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was pretty crazy because uh, he was like, this is pretty rare. We kept trying to say to Alex, this is very rare. Oh. But I mean, for like a year, she would be like, I'm just really worried. Yeah, I get it. The car's going to catch on fire. I'm like, this never happens. I oh. mean, it happens to us, but. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever drops boiling water on there. Yeah. No one ever. No one's bathroom ever gets over over flooded no, when they're in another country. No one just breaks their leg. <laughs> In Costa Rica. Like, it's just us. It just does. Well, anyway, that was um, what to do or how to prevent your car from exploding or catching on fire. And don't buy a Tesla. Maybe. Well, don't buy a Tesla. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they have it. I don't know, because that was just in June. <laughs> also, just, I don't know. Do you want to give your money to Elon Musk? I don't. I, I certainly don't. No, no, no. I, I don't at all. I think he's fine. I think he's doing just fine. That was great. Thanks. Thank you for teaching us. You're welcome. I love to learn. And we'll be right back with our guest. Wonderful. Welcome back to How to Survive. <laughs> what just happened to me? Welcome back. Welcome back. Where's my pizza? That's not offensive. <laughs> how was your How was your break, Christine? Um, Dealing with the kids stuff? It was a lot of... Uh, figuring out where kids were being picked up and dropped off. Right. It was not relaxing. No, I am. But I think it's all going to work out. I don't think any of my kids are going to be scarred for life because I left them. Oh, wait. Sound is. You're good. You're fine. Oh, God. I had a panic about the sound. Why? What did you think happened? It it lost in my ears. Oh, it it lost. It lost in my ears. It lost in my ears. (laughs) Is that going to be on a T-shirt? Yes. I lost in my ears. How to survive with Danielle and Christine. That's a catchphrase right there. So, um, I didn't go to the bathroom during the break. I just realized that's wow. got to be a record. That's a first. Oh, no. It's recording in the afternoon. My whole schedule's off. Yeah. Well, this is unusual. <laughs> we're usually recording in the morning, and we're, we're, we're so alive in the morning. Yeah. So this is mid-afternoon when usually we are taking our long afternoon naps. <laughs> Maybe it's just so hot in here I dried out, like in Phoenix. Oh, like a corn husk? Like a corn husk. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they turned to corn. Like they do in Palm Springs? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is all making sense. Yeah. That's why old people move to Palm Springs and Florida. Is it? Yeah, because they're going to pee themselves, and that way it just dries out. Okay. Although in Florida, it's not a dry heat. It's no. a wet heat. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to ever hear the words <laughs> wet heat together again. <laughs> Apologies. The first half of the show, we talked about how to survive your car being on fire. Yes. And now we're going to talk about how to survive Dude, Where's My Car with 
the writer of that screenplay, Phil Stark. Hello. Phil is now a therapist. He was an author turned therapist, a screenwriter, an author, a TV writer. Yes, screenwriter come author? Yeah. Switch to therapist? Yeah. Yeah. That's how, thank you for being here. My pleasure. We're Thanks so excited. We've made it work. Yeah. So um, you wrote on that 70s show. Yes. I'm wondering if you know someone I knew. I do. Who was fired in I, a oh, blaze of glory. Uh, anyway, um, so thank you for being here. So what made you go from, well, is, I guess this is a setup for your story, right? It's all one big setup. Okay. So uh, what happened? How did you go from being a comedy writer to a therapist? Well, um, sort of like Hemingway going broke, you know, it very gradually and then all at once. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you surrounded by three Five toed five toed cats. I was like, I don't think it was three tails. It was something weird, but they didn't have three tails. Thank you, five toed cats. Um, Well, uh, I uh, I got very lucky uh, with screenwriting in that I moved out here intending to become a screenwriter, and a year later, um, I I've had a career. Wow! Wow! A lot of success. Very early on, my first uh, produced credit was on South Park. Yeah, another like all your credits are freaking amazing. I know they really are. Um, my a, a good friend of mine from college uh, got a job as the assistant to the guy who commissioned Matt and Trey to make the original Spirit of Christmas video. Okay, okay. and then she uh, invited me one day. She knew I had a leisure suit. Okay. <laughs> First of all, let's get that out of the way. She knew I had a leisure suit. Okay. And now it's, now, now now it's, it's all sense. coming into focus. Okay. And she called me one day and said, hey, uh, I'm working for these guys and they're shooting a movie and it takes place at a mansion and it's supposed to be a porn producer pool party. And I'm like, well, okay. And, and she's like, well, you know, you can meet Ron Jeremy and wear your leisure suit. And you were like. I said, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Um, and that was Orgasmo. Okay. Which was the uh, Matt and Trey's movie about the Mormon kid who becomes a porn star. Okay. I don't know I don't, this. I don't know it either. Well, that's a deep dive. I, I can maybe freeze frame the shot where I'm in the pool with okay. my Okay. Yes, please. Um, but uh, then um, she got a job as their assistant on uh, the pilot for South Ah, uh, okay. And she called me up and said, hey, these guys are making this pilot. I think I can get you some a couple days as a PA. Uh, if you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. And uh, <clears throat> next thing you know, it's on the cover of Time and Newsweek. Yeah. Right. People are following us around Westwood. Uh, uh, you know, it, was a, it became a huge phenomenon. Sure. So, uh, I was very lucky in that I was able to sort of chutzpah my way into a writing credit. Mm-hmm. And then I went from having the tried and true method of writing scripts and getting them to people and literally keeping them in my trunk to be able to pay, pass out to people if I happen to be willing to read a script to agents seeing the credits on my first produced uh, episode and then calling the next day and wow. saying to the producer, who is this guy, Phil Stark? Yeah. How can I get a hold of him? And she's saying, well, he's driving to Burbank with some post-production tapes right now. Yeah. But uh, when he comes back, I'll get him <laughs> He's getting his coffee. Yeah, so it, it went from zero to 60 very fast. And then uh, my first <clears throat> show meeting, because I, I knew I wanted to write television comedy, my first yeah. meeting was on that 70s show. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I was actually a little disappointed because um, uh, a couple of the writers, other writers on South Park had been slotted out and been taking meetings. And one guy got a job on Christina. Okay. Christine. Christine Applegate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christine. And a guaranteed 13 <laughs> after post friends time yeah. slot kind of uh, thing. I was like, oh, man, that would have been great. But here I am on that, that 70s show, which is only called that 70s show because all the people in the test audiences were like, I like that 70s uh-huh. show. What was yeah. that 70s show? And then... You know, cut to eight seasons, two yeah, episodes. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you got the good show. Yeah. yeah In fact, the other show is so forgettable, it was actually called Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I'm glad my, my point was proved. I know. I know my succumbs. And at this, I, I'm just curious, were you aware of how lucky you were? Or were you just like, I guess this is how it works when you come right, to Hollywood. Right, right, just right. Like, point. Well, it was, I guess, how, this is how it works because... Uh, when I was on the first season of the 70s show, um, we were all staff. Uh, I was a story editor. And uh, we weren't involved in much of anything in terms of production meetings, scheduling, casting, editing. So we had a lot of free time. So I'm writing a movie. 
Uh, yeah. And uh, what happens when you write a movie? You send it to your agent. And what does your agent say? Hey, I'm going to sell this. And what happens? Jesus it gets sold. Christ. And then what Whoa. happens? It gets made. This is the opposite of yes. my life. Me too. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> well, spoiler alert. It gets a little darker okay. later on. But we get to that. All right. Um, and, and so, uh, like, when you say this is just supposed to be how it works, that was the experience that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's it's like everyone's life. It's like, if that's your experience, then that's your reality. Yeah. And so you just take for granted that, well, if you come to L.A. and you want to be a screenwriter and you do it this way, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but right. it usually usually doesn't work no. that way, which is. No. In fact, there was a, a point on the 70s show, I think around the second or third season, where we got a two-year pickup, a two-season pickup. Wow. And that's never happens. No, ever. And, I mean, the crew was out shooting guns in the air. I mean, yeah. was so right <laughs> up. and the lower level people, you know, were just sort of like, well, all right, I guess I'll figure out what I'm doing over hiatus. What, what country do I want to go to? Over Jesus. Hiatus? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there was a, an older, not older at the time, but a more experienced writer at the table for lunch one day. I remember him saying something like, man, you kids, it's never going to get better than this. Yeah. We're never yeah. going to have a better job than this. Yeah. No. They knew. Yeah. And it yeah. was true. Yeah. Okay, so then, so what's next? How does uh, how do you go? Well, let's see. Have we peaked yet? Well, you you just sold a digging. movie. You wrote a movie, and that was, in your free time the, from your cush right. staff writing job. And then the movie uh, gets bought. And that's dude. There's a car. headline in Variety. Yeah. All the writers who were used to pass by my office going, "Oh, it's cute. He's writing a movie." Are like, "We fucking sold a movie." Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Oh, yeah. so that was the Ashton Kutcher connection. Right. And so then I get a, a call from the producer saying, do you know this Ashton Kutcher kid? Is he funny? <laughs> You're like, he's down the hall. So yeah. I'm like, he, he's he, he's hilarious. Yeah. He's great. Um, so, you know, he signs on to do the movie. Uh, the movie is a, a relative a hit. I mean, it was financially did well. Well, it also made its way into the lexicon. I mean, yeah. Everyone knows that title. Everyone has parodied that title in one way or another. Like mm. it's, it's huge. It's, it's in fact, a, it, you could say that it was just one giant setup for, for your book, for my book. Exactly. Yeah, so we have his book here, which is called "Dude, Where's My Catharsis," right. which is a genius. It's title. great. A friendly yes. and engaging guide to talk therapy. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so the movie came out, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, career-wise, I. Continued to work on the 70s show. It was just the best job ever. Mm-hmm. By the end, th- the cast is working four days a week. Um, it's just a well-oiled machine. Uh, I continue to pitch and sell scripts, um, getting paid to write a pitch, and selling a spec. Nothing got made. Um, and then when that 70s show ended, that was sort of a, I remember, like, I think around the third or fourth season, watching uh, the premiere of Survivor, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right around the writer's strike at yep. the time. And and people were like, whoa. Uh, oh, reality whoa, television. Reality and what, yeah. year, what year is this? So around 2000, early 2000s, Early 2000s. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and before I started on The 70s Show, the track for being a television comedy writer was to get one of the many available staff jobs on one of the 50 half-hour <laughs> right. multi- multicams yeah. that were on the network yeah. at the time, um, and then get an overall deal, which involves you simply going to your office at Radford Mm-hmm. And figuring out what you want to have for lunch, Jesus. and then working on some pitches. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and by the time I left that '70s show, there were far fewer multi-camera shows. Right. Um, reality TV was really starting to take over. Yeah. Overall deals, they actually expected you to work <laughs> on another show while you were developing, right. which was a huge demand. Uh huh. Um, and so uh, that was sort of my peak as far as my screenwriting career. Mm-hmm. From that point. I was able to get meetings with anybody, everybody, I knew everybody, everybody knew me, a huge sense, but I was familiar with the town and I would sell a network pitch every year and it wouldn't get made and then I'd be like, uh, and then I'd write a, a spec and send it out, maybe get some meetings. And I got to that point that a lot of people in the industry are familiar with, which is the point where they don't tell you that you should stop. They don't <laughs> yeah. tell you, hey, you know, you probably are not gonna retire as a screenwriter. Mm, and okay. I hadn't really considered what I would do the rest of my life. Right. But based on the people who I worked for and their history at Carsey Warner, yeah. you created a show, it's syndicated, yeah. you took the points, right. and then you bought a couple of Porsches, exactly. and then you figured out what you wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what city you wanted to live in, which house you wanted to spend yeah. most of your time in. You get an assistant, abuse them. <laughs> <laughs> get a second assistant, have that first assistant abuse the second assistant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, life's set. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you realized it was time to make a switch. 
I wouldn't even say I realized. Okay. I, for a long time, was convinced, and uh, most of my friends and family were convinced too, that I would eventually write a great spec yeah. that would get me back in the game. And yeah. here I am writing specs about, for instance, being a young father. Uh-huh. Or having a multi-generational family. Mm-hmm. Things that are write, writing what you know. Uh-huh, sure. And then I'd see that you know, somebody like Steve Levitan would sell it. And I'm like, but that, I have that. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this all feels very familiar. <laughs> I see a yes. lot of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Lots of um, nodding. But I had no reason to think I would do anything else because I've already had been so successful. Yes, yes. And uh, my friends and family, my wife, my friends, were all like, well, you'll keep writing. And you'll write something that uh, then is great. And, yeah. Um, and then it became, you know, the agents wouldn't return the calls. You're really disempowering yourself. I mean, that was my relationship with, yeah. with, with representation. Yeah. Went, switched agencies multiple times, um, wrote many specs. Uh, you know, then you had the, uh, the, 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 um, the more um, what non-network shows, more mm-hmm. eventually streaming, but the cable at the time was yeah. where branching out. Yeah. I took a lot of lateral moves into maybe I can get into advertising. Maybe I could... You know, doing copywriting or something. Um, but I, I never really thought I would really change careers. I always really thought that my next spec would be the one that would right. my agent would say, we're going to sell this, and yeah. it would sell just like it happened uh, in the beginning. Um, so it took me a long time to really realize that I'm pretty unhappy and I need something to change. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the, the long, slow, gradual part. And then eventually it was figuring out what did I want to do? Mm-hmm. And I ended up with this career as a therapist, mm-hmm. which was uh, the opposite of my experience as a screenwriter, where, you know, instead of worrying about having gray hair in a meeting, uh-huh. it became, I got to have a little gray hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask, what was it about being a therapist that seemed appealing to you? Was it your own, if this is too personal, but was it your own experiences in therapy? Had you been drawn to psychology earlier in your life? Um, Did you just like sweaters? (laughs) (laughs) Was it, you know, like you had studied something like psychology Mm. before, you know, because you didn't say sort of what you had studied before you came out Mm. here to be a writer. So I I never studied. I I was a film major, actually, Mm -hmm. but I'd always been in therapy Uh from, you know, I was a, therapy as a kid mm-hmm. my, my parents split up and uh, I, my mom took me to therapy and at various points in my life I'd been in therapy for various mm-hmm. crises I'd been on and off antidepressants at certain mm-hmm. times in my life so I was really familiar with that world and I think w- it was interesting because I taught a class you know when when, when, the, when the scripts weren't selling it was like okay, maybe I can teach so I got a job at a place called the writing pad Okay. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. It's a wonderful sort of non-credited, non-academic kind of place for people who are really interested in mostly non-pros to go and learn how to, in my case, write a, a comedy pilot. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a, a great pilot is very much about the author, I think, of the, you know, the main character is the main character, but it's really the author's story and the author's journey. So I found myself working with a lot of people who really wanted to tell their story but they didn't quite know they were telling the story. They thought they were telling their main character's story. So we would always have conversations, mm-hmm. not, not about what's the blow to the scene or what's your actual story. like, your main character seems to want this, but they do this. Why is that? And, you know, invariably would turn into a, almost a therapy session with, well, they just really, <laughs> they really don't like their husband and they want to break up. They don't know what to do. They're taking this writing class. Well, what, 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 would, what, would, what would they really want to do? Let's just spitball, you know? Um, and actually that, sort of made me realize that maybe I could be a therapist. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it was something that I'd always been interested in just for my personal experience. The big hump to get over was going to grad school, mm-hmm. which Ugh. is such a commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it finally got Chris, to the Christine point. Christine did it too. Yeah. Oh yeah? For yeah. writing. Yeah, I got, I, I got actually, surprisingly, I, I also got into grad school for um, therapy because I was going to be, I did this same story. I, I was like, I'm going to have, I'm going to become a therapist because it isn't working out in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I got into grad school at um, USC mm-hmm. and, and Pepperdine. And then I, at a retreat studying writing, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I think I still need to, to be a writer. And, yeah. but then I ended up going to grad school to get my MFA in creative writing, mm-hmm. which as you know, is, uh, <laughs> makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right, Karen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Karen we're, also has a. We're we're rolling in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mine's even more direct. I'm, I have an MFA in screenwriting. At least mm. yours is broader. 
<laughs> oh, but I mean, the jobs, the offers, we're all oh, like, yeah, they're whew, just can't even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you can appreciate how graduate school is something that I, uh, and in fact, that's something that I liked about screenwriting is that I had made it without any more support. I somehow yeah. took that as a badge of honor. Like, I just fucking drove out here in my Toyota Celica, <clears throat> got a mm-hmm. job at a cafe, and just started writing scripts. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so going to graduate school was a big hurdle, but once I committed to it, it really felt right. And now I'm practicing. I'm an associate marriage and family therapist. Um, but I've always liked to express myself through writing. Uh-huh. Um, and it's such a pleasure to be able to write something that relates to what I'm doing now, what mm-hmm. I'm interested in. I enjoy it much more than standing in the shower and thinking, oh, I'd be a premise for a show. Yeah. Oh, this could be a cool scene. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I don't have to write that. Yeah. I don't right. want to write that anymore. It's just, in fact, my goal so for this. So you don't miss it. No, no, no. But I, I miss showbiz a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to like being a non-writing executive producer. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The, the one who, who gives the notes. Yeah. And oh. then the writer goes off and takes Right, right, right. Um, getting on that side of it. Are you going, so are you going to move away from therapy back into that? No, no. I mean, look, I love the work of being a therapist. I love working with clients. In fact, um, a little bit of a connection to show business is that I work with, uh, I work with couples mm-hmm. and I also work with writing partners. Oh, interesting. I work with, uh, work couples. Mm-hmm. You know, I have clients who are co-founders. Mm-hmm. I have clients who are, uh, a screenwriting team. They're not romantic, yeah. platonic. Right. Podcast partners. <laughs> um, but I, I sort of have a foot in the industry. I mean, all my friends still are in it. Yeah. And we're always, you know, yeah. up and talking about it. And I love hearing, I love hearing about what's going on without feeling like I have to keep up or compare myself to that. God, that sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> I can't, I just can't imagine. That sounds fantastic. You know, we'll get there. We'll get to the point where I mean, I get there every day, but then I, I go back to, yeah. oh, I'm still doing this, but then I'm, anyway, it's, it's uh, enough about me. You look what, see, look what he's doing. He's, he's turning doing his it. magic he's therapy He's doing it to us. us. Uh, it, all, you know, therapy, the wonderful thing about it is uh, it's just so much about listening. And, and it's really the opposite of being in the writer's room, right? In the writer's room, the tension, the tension is built uh-huh. and built and built and then wonderfully undercut. Right. With a great joke. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a great, wonderful release of tension. Right. Yeah. And we're all trained as writers in, in, that, in, that, in that area to, to do that. Uh, as a therapist, my job is to just let the tension sit there. Yeah. And just to sit with the tension. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, I have the best joke. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I would blow the fucking roof off this scene. We're going to end the session with such an out. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. But I have to really... Uh, you know, hold back on that and sit with that tension and, and, yeah. and even not even say anything often. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, it's sort of the same room, but a different muscle. So I'm curious, did you have buddies in the business who try to, um, talk you out of leaving? Um, <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't say people try to talk me. I think people were surprised because, um, I think I was a pretty good writer. Uh, I, I can't say that i my passion was writing pilot scripts yeah. for episodic TV. I loved being in the room. Mm-hmm. I love coming up with a blow and getting us out of there and right. you know, not staying for dinner. For Phil, the, save us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, the, not that that happened all the time, but, but I love working with people in that capacity. So yeah. my friends who are like, how could you stop? You're so, you're so funny and talented, which I right. really appreciate and I, I feel is the case. But um, the industry that often is not a factor in your success in the yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think, so, oh, I'm sorry, Danielle. No, like I was just going to say for those people who aren't in show business, the blow in this case doesn't actually mean that Phil was going to procure cocaine for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> writing staff. The blow is the final joke in a scene. Okay. And we're Go not on. saying he didn't. And maybe, he, I'm not saying he yeah. didn't. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm not saying he didn't. He right. might have gotten maybe, the highest grade yes. blow <laughs> yeah. in LA. And that's how he got all the laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They were all high in cocaine. You can crush on cocaine. That's right. Speaking of the guy I was talking to you about before. And right. be crushed by yes. cocaine. Right. We're not advocating cocaine use here we're not unadvocating um, use. but yeah i think it's also um daniel and i have talked a lot about sort of missing being in that room and, and yeah. also not missing for me personally the stress of being in that room as well um yeah. but the energy of that room is a lot of fun uh but also it's it's uh, you know when people come up to me and said like oh how come you don't work you know on shows or whatever it's like 
Well, it wasn't my decision. Yeah. Are <laughs> people your kids? Yeah, <laughs> it's the kids. Yeah. <laughs> the industry makes the decision, too, that they are done with you yeah. at certain points in your career. And they're yeah. like, bye. Mm-hmm. And so, right. you know, you don't always get to make that decision. So I think it's nice if you can find an empowering way to view that situation, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. your own career choices and mm-hmm. changes to say, you know, I don't have to view it that way. I can view it in a positive way in which mm-hmm. I get to be absolutely the hero of the story and not the victim. Phil, we can't thank you enough for being here. This was just awesome. Yeah, oh, my really pleasure. appreciate really it. Story. Yeah. Everybody, dude, where's my catharsis mm-hmm. yeah. is available Online? Wherever you buy books. It's it's on Amazon. Okay. It's I, on I self publish it. It was a wonderful experience. It's sort of like making you're shooting your writing a script and then shooting it yourself. Yeah. And distributing it yourself. You get the control. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. And 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 I'm a practicing therapist. And the wonderful thing about teletherapy, yes. which I pretty much specialize in and only work online, oh, is that I, okay. I can see anybody instead of just saying from Silver Lake to Highland Park. It's San Diego to Northern California. So the whole state of California is nice. to me. It's great. Because you're licensed, licensed in, in California? California? Exactly. Got so it. nowadays with teletherapy, mm-hmm. you know, when I you know, still see a therapist on my own as a client, I think, well, do I want to drive to Large Mountain Village? Oh, yeah. There's some great bagel places, so sure. I often do. We were there last night. Um, but now um, people don't have to think so much about where they're going to drive mm-hmm. and how long it's going to yeah. take. It's sort of just like... Do I like this person? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. That is great. Thank you so well, much thanks for so coming. Much. And um, we'll, we'll be back with what, what did we learn what this week? So much today. So, hey. <laughs> what did we? We'll be right back with what did we learn today? Christine, I'm ready. Are you ready to hear? You are ready. Lay your deep knowledge upon me. This is me. what we learned today. Werther's original is a brand of butterscotch toffee. Mm. Hard candies made in Berlin, Germany. That's why my daughter loves it. Because of the German part of it. From the Deutschland. From the Moseland. American Girl dolls can cost upwards of $265. I just rounded up. Jeez Louise. Well, you always got to have these accessories included. Well, I understand that, but I just didn't know that doll itself was so expensive. Talia Balsam is the daughter of Martin Balsam Mm. and Joyce Van Patten, which I had no idea. So Joyce Van Patten. Who's that? Well, she's Dick Van Patten's yep. wife. So Dick Van Patten was the father on Eight Is Enough. So you're oh, telling me so, so she, she was, was married, married to two lookers. <laughs> Mark Balsam and Tom Van Dick Van Patten. Which one's Dick Van Patten? He was From the father on He was the father Eight is on Eight Is Enough, yeah. Is he he and he's related to the other Van Patten, right? He's the father of Salami from um What? The guy. <laughs> White Shadow. Remember the show White Shadow? Yes. Timothy Van Patten. Okay, well, I don't was know that. On it. He played Salami, the white kid. Okay, but who's the other Van Patten? Old guy. From Coach. You mean Dick Van Patten? Yeah. No. They're not related? You mean Dick Van Dyke. Oh, my God. Yeah. Shoot me. Just dig yeah. a hole and I'm put go- me in I'm it. going to. <laughs> so she, so Tal- Talia goes for a slightly different person, different type than her mother. She was married to George Clooney. Yes. And John Slattery. Girl gets it. Haba. Hubba. What? You know what? I want to talk to her. Is she still married to John Slattery? I believe they are still married. So I, I still don't know any of her credits, but I, I'll look it up. You know, she is on, she was on Mad Men, and I think she plays his wife. Oh, you're kidding. That's okay. why I think, I think that's how I knew it. I think I was watching Mad Men, and I was like, that's his wife in real life. Okay, got it, got it, got but it. But I also just thought Dick Van Dyke and Dick Van Patten. Were I know. I, so you know what? Anything I, I say at this and point, I think I said Tom Van Patten because his name was Tom on the show. But his, yes, Dick Van Patten is the father of Salami, who is Timothy Van Patten. But there's another kid too, and I don't remember the other kid's name. When you said the father of Salami, I thought that meant <laughs> he like was in commercial for salami. <laughs> he was in commercials for dog food for a long time. And I was like, is this like being the king of salami? Like I went on this whole other journey in my mind. The safety of the design of the Pinto's fuel system led to critical incidents and subsequently resulted in a recall, lawsuits, criminal prosecution, and public controversy. Oh, I can't wait to see some exploding Pintos on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a fun day for me. Um, sparks, leaking flammable liquids, overheating lithium batteries, etc. can cause your car to explode, but it's very rare. Sometimes smartphones explode. The likelihood of your smartphone exploding is slim, but it happens as demonstrated. Ah, this is the one. 
Samsung's Galaxy Note 7. Oh, the Galaxy. Yes. Beware the butt static. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your car out of the heat. Just leave it in the garage, assuming you have a garage. Tesla's car line spells out sexy cars. Jesus Christ. Models S, 3E. Oh, the 3 looks like an E. Mm -hmm. Why didn't he just call it an E? Because Ford wouldn't let them. Because Ford has an E? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Models S, 3, which is like the E, X and Y, plus Cybertruck, new all-terrain vehicle, Roadster, and Semi. He's so cool. He, He probably vapes. He probably totally vapes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we learned. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Don't sound so defeated. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm just thinking about him and his vaping and his nine children and his, you know, pale, pale skin. Oh, God. I bet he has tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The vape pen must look so big in his tiny hands. Oh, my God. How oh, cute. that just reminded me of the theory I had about Winona Ryder. Oh, okay. So about the smoking? I watched all those videos yeah. of her smoking, and I realized the reason it looks so weird is because she's so little oh. that the cigarette looks massive. <laughs> it's like either somehow she gets them to make her double-sized <laughs> cigarettes or okay. she's a miniature tiny tiny person. I do think she's tiny. Oh, she must be I don't think she's size. necessarily like sh- she's probably not shorter than me. She's she might even be taller than me, but she's very like little. She's so miniature that yeah. I mean, you watch those Please watch the compilation. I did. I watched some but of them. The cigarette. Watch it again now okay, that I've said now it. Now that I'll think about the it. The yeah. cigarette looks. <laughs> it's like forced perspective. It looks so big. She's five three. I was like, how is that cigarette so huge? And then I realized finally, I was like, it's her. It's not the but cigarette. But see, here's the thing. I watched the beginning of that compilation. I yeah. did not watch the whole thing, but it didn't seem as odd as I remembered it in because they these were from movies yeah and it, the smoking didn't seem as awkward as it did to me in Stranger Things it does look straight in Stranger like she's Things she's gotten weirder and it's weirder like her hand is all curved around the cigarette I think she's like acting I think she's trying On to purpose. act yeah but also that cigarette please. <laughs> it's huge <laughs> it's so strange I can't stop it's a Virginia extra it's, slim they're all like the hundreds you know this hundreds that's the what I meant. yeah 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 Anyway, I just oh my God. needed you to know. All right. Well, until- I, I got so excited. I couldn't <laughs> wait to tell you and our audience. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Remain, remain calm. calm.